Good morning. Good morning, sons and daughters of the Most High God. I appreciate that testimony from Tanya. Thank you, Tanya. That was spot on, so accurate. Hey, let me invite you to take your Bible and find Psalm 19. Psalm 19. Psalm 19. We're going to look at Psalm 19 today. It's right after Psalm 18, if that helps you. Right before Psalm 20. Uh, when I grew up, CBs were very popular, and uh, one of the favorite channels was Channel 19. Breaker, breaker, <laughs> one nine. Breaker, breaker, one nine. Nineteen. Anybody listening? Got your ears on? You don't even know what I'm talking about, most of you, but some of you do. I see that hand back there. <laughs> Two hands. Okay, three hands. Great. Breaker, breaker, one nine. So, you know, Channel 9 and 19 are still popular channels in the CB radio world. Uh, that's where you go to if there's an emergency, right? 9 or 19. So uh, when you're in an emergency, if you run into an emergency this week, something, something goes wrong this week, run to Channel 19 here, Psalm 19. It's a great psalm. I just said that so maybe some of you would remember it from now on, Channel 19. Break a breaker, one nine. Okay. All right. Do I take it? Convoy, that's right. <laughs> you do remember. <laughs> uh, this is for the director of music, a psalm of David. You know, back in the day um, when this was written, they had music directors, and that's what they were called, music directors. The first uh, 10 years of my ministry, I was a music director. That was my title. I was minister of music and youth, actually, was what I was in most churches, minister of music. And that's where it came from. Today we call them worship leaders, which uh, I think is a wrong term. Uh, the Holy Spirit is our worship leader. The Holy Spirit leads us in worship. I don't think that any man or woman standing up behind a keyboard or a guitar or preaching the word can lead anybody into worship. I think the Holy Spirit comes over us and in us and through us, and we want to worship. I certainly think a man or woman could stand and say, hey, why don't we sing this song? And in the, middle of, in the middle of singing that song, the Holy Spirit can inspire us to worship God. Worship is bigger than singing a song. It's the way you treat your husband or your wife, your friend, the way you treat your coworkers. Uh, worship is, is everything we do, the way you respect your parents, kids. That's an act of worship. Uh, the way we drive on any road other than 24 is an act of worship. <laughs> Highway 24 is an act of warfare, right? Amen or oh me? So I don't think that anybody, any human can be a worship leader. And I'm so thankful we have a worship leader. And his name is Holy Spirit. And so thank you, Holy Spirit, for being our worship leader. Holy Spirit, we just invite you right now to be our worship leader. Lead us into worship as we read this psalm this morning. So David wrote a psalm and he gave it to his music director. And he said, hey, can we sing this in church next Sunday? It's kind of how it went. And the music director said, sure, you're the king whatever you want. And so he worked on it all week and got it ready for Sunday. And here's how the song goes. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever just been outside and looked up in the sky and went, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Maybe you saw a rainbow. Maybe you saw a double rainbow. It's like, oh, wow. Maybe you saw this cloud that was just amazing. Maybe you saw four layers of clouds, and they were all a different color and, and different texture and just like wow how did that happen right you you stand in amazement of, of God's creation and his glory 
maybe it's at night and, and you're in a place where there's not a lot of natural man-made light and you're able to look up and see stars and you go, I didn't realize those stars were there. I love, love going to the beach and I love standing out on the balcony at night, especially way up high, uh, and looking out and you can see the, the Milky Way. It's just, it's, it's stunning to stand there and look at it and go, oh my word, that's, that's just amazing. And that's just our galaxy. You know, there may, there may be 500 or maybe 1,000 more galaxies or maybe 2,000 more galaxies just like ours floating around. There. We don't even know how many galaxies there are out there. But to be able to stand on a balcony at a beach and look up and see the Milky Way galaxy and go, oh, my. Oh, my. Wow. The heavens declare the glory of God. I know I say this often. Get online sometime and look up what the Hubble telescope has seen out there. Just the things it's already seen, much less what it hasn't seen yet. I don't know if you read, but uh, sometime in August, we're launching a, NASA's launching a probe to go to the sun, to touch the sun. That's what it says. It's going to try to get within 4 million miles of it before it disintegrates, right? Isn't that crazy? Crazy. And so we're going to get to see pictures of things we haven't seen before and data that we've never heard of before as it gets close to the sun. It's going to take a while for it to get there. How many million miles is the sun from the earth? Anybody know? You get an A-plus, Gary, 93 million miles. Excellent. That's excellent. So uh, it'll take a little while to get there at 4,000 miles an hour. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. So during the day, God is speaking to you. Look what it says. You can... You can go outside and look at creation and hear God speak to you. And I'm not saying the tree talks. I'm not saying it's got a mouth, you know, and it's not Groot, okay? If you've seen that movie, it doesn't talk, right? But speech comes forth somehow. We look at what God has created and, and it speaks to us. And at night it says, his, the skies proclaim the work of his hands and it displays knowledge. Knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. While everywhere in the world, what it's saying, all around this world, it's heard. And all around our galaxy, it's heard. And all around the universe and all around the cosmos, it's heard. There's no way you can go and not hear God speak. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, he has pitched a tent for the sun. In the heavens, he has pitched a tent for the sun. How many of you have ever pitched a tent for yourself? How many of you have struggled pitching that tent? <laughs> All of us. Okay. God didn't have a problem pitching a tent for the sun. He said, here's your tent. You can stay here. Which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run its course. It's talking about the sun here, how beautiful it's just coming out saying, I'm here. It's this morning. I'm here. Now, we know the sun's always there, but it steps forward and says, look, here I am. It rises at one end of the heavens, and it makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. You know, we're in the midst of global warming, right? You've read that, right? You know, you know the sun goes through cycles, right? Every seven years, every 12 years, every 20 years, there's these cycles it goes through, and it gets hotter 
during one cycle, and it gets cooler during one cycle, right? So naturally, the earth is going to get warmer during one of the warm cycles, right? And cooler during the cool cycle. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So we're at low for sunspot activity right now, but that's going to change. In 20 years, it'll be a high for sunspot activity. It, there's a cycle that it goes through, right? Nothing is hidden from its heat. Aren't you glad we're not hidden from its heat? Would you rather live on Earth or Mars? Earth or the other side of the moon? Because right, right. it's cold on those places, right? So it's cold. The law of the Lord is, per is perfect, reviving the soul. Does your soul ever get weary? Anybody weary this morning? Something really, something really weighing on you this morning. The Bible says that the Lord's, that the law of the Lord is perfect, revives the soul. And I would like to change that this morning, not just the law of the Lord, but the love of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. You know, Jesus came and died to fulfill the law, right? All those rules and regulations in the Old Testament, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do all those perfectly for my Father and then die for the sins of the world. That's what it meant to fulfill the law. And what Jesus gave us instead of the law was love. He says, greater love is no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friend. And by this, they shall know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. That's what the Bible says, right? And so the law of the Lord revives us. It revives our soul. It strengthens us. Some of you probably need that today if you've had a rough week. So what does that mean? It means read the word. Pick it up. Read Psalm 19, right? Breaker, breaker, one nine. Read Psalm 119 if you're struggling. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Making wise the simple. In other words, God's word can make you wise. <clears throat> if you don't know a lot, you can just read God's word and learn a lot. How do you think, how do you think scientists of old even came up with some idea? How do you think they came up with the idea that the earth was round or that the earth rotated around the sun not vice versa. It's, it's by reading the Word. There's so many things in here that, that people read, scientists read, and others read that made them go, huh, I didn't know about that. Let me look into that. And they started looking into it. The Word of God can make the simple person wise, the unlearned person wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. When you read the law of God, you have to come to the place, you have to come to the understanding, and you will, oh, wow, God's holy. Oh, wow, God is just. Oh, I get it. And it brings joy to us knowing that we're worshiping a God who has an intellect, that we're worshiping a God who has a heart. And everything in between the heart and the intellect, he has that for us, and it makes us joyous that we're not just worshiping some idol made out of wood, clay, or stone. We're worshiping a human being. We're following a human being that has our best interest at heart. He has your best interest at heart. He's for you. He's for you today. He's for you today. And when you wake up in the morning, Carly, he's going to be for you tomorrow. Right? He's for you. It's the kind of God we, we serve and we worship. And the Word of God teaches us that. They're right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. You want to see better? I'm talking about cataracts here. <laughs> you want to see better spiritually? You want to see what God's doing spiritually in your life and in the lives of other people? Read the Word of God. 
The more you read this, the more you can read other people. Did you realize that? The more you read this, the more you can read what God is doing in other people's lives. Because you'll see how he worked in their lives in the Bible. And you'll see how he's working in other people's lives. And when you look in the mirror, guess what? You'll see how he's working in your life. Because he's at work in everybody's life all the time, all around the world, trying to convince them what? That he loves them. God's at work all the time, all around the world, trying to convince people that he loves them. That's why it's so easy to tell people about Jesus. That's why it's so easy to invite people to church. They may not come, but it's all it's so easy to do that because you already know today that tomorrow God's at work in their life. It doesn't matter who you run into today. God is at work in their life in that moment. When you go to the store and you're checking out, the person that's ringing it up, God's at work in their life. And he's waiting to play tag with you and say, tag, you're it. Tell them this. Tag, you're it. Tell them this. I was in the grocery store the other day, walked by this lady, called her by her first name. They wear their tags. It's just great calling by the first name. They love that. It's a sign of respect for all of us to, as humans to call somebody by their first name as best we can. And so I called her by her first name. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I said, God wants me to tell you this morning that you are his favorite. And her comeback was, well, we're all his favorite. I said, yeah, we are, but you're his favorite today. She just laughed and smiled, made her day, made her day. Try that sometime. Just in the grocery store, call somebody by their name. They're going to be nice to you because there's cameras watching, and they get graded by how nice they are, and they get points, and they get credits, and they get to go buy a Snickers bar if they get so many credits, right? You know that, right? Employees, that's, that's how it works nowadays. Just say, hey, you're God's favorite today. He wants me to tell you that because it's true. If anybody you run into, it's true. God's at work in everybody's life all the time, all around the world, trying to convince them that he loves them, and he uses us to tell them. The fear of the Lord or the worship of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The word fear, unfortunately, was translated in the Old Testament to a word that we come to understand is I'm afraid of spiders, I'm afraid of snakes, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, it's, it's worship, it's reverence, it's awe. So the worship of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. Any act of worship you do for the Lord is pure and endures forever. Teenagers, when you obey your parents the first time, that's, that's one on the hand. That's, that's number one on the hand. One, not two, not three, not four, not five. When you obey teenagers, back row teenagers, when you obey the first time, that's an act of worship. And it's pure, and it endures forever. Do you believe that? It says so. It says so right here. The worship of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. Have you ever held pure gold in your hand? Anybody ever held pure gold in your hand? Now, guys, this is the time when you say, when I hold my wife's hand. You say that out loud, you get brownie points for that. So. You know, when you, when you hold gold in your hand, you can hold a small piece of, of coin in your hand. Go to a coin store sometime and just take one out and look at it. It's heavy. You can, you can feel the weight of it. You put a quarter in this hand and a, and a half dollar gold piece in this hand, they look about the same size. But the weight is different. It just feels different in your hands. The Bible saying here is 
God's word is more precious than gold, more than pure gold. Some of you are wearing wedding bands that are made of pure gold, right? 24 karat gold. Maybe they're, maybe it's called white gold. All white gold is is gold that's been rhodium plated. You know that, right? It's a rhodium element that's put on there, but it's pure gold, right? God's word is more precious than that. As a matter of fact, when we get to heaven, the very thing that we hold most dear, gold, most precious metal, right? The thing we hold most dear here, we're going to walk on up there. Streets are paved with gold. We'll be kicking up some gold dust. But God's word is more precious than that. They're sweeter than honey. His words are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. Anybody have a spoonful of honey this morning? Anybody? Oh, that ain't right. That ain't right. I'm not even going there. I saw that. Spoonful of honey. Honey from the comb. Have you ever chewed honeycomb before? Anybody ever done that? Yeah. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Kind of gets chewy after a while. Well, God's word is better than that for you. Honey is good for you, but God's word is so much better. By them, your servant is warned. And keeping them, there's great reward. Oh, wow. Your servant is warned by reading and studying and understanding them. So if you want to make wise decisions, teenagers, right now, if you want to make wise decisions in the future, start reading God's word. It will warn you about what to do and what not to do. It will keep you out of trouble. It will keep you out of trouble. It's amazing, isn't it? That God's word can keep us out of trouble. But it can. In keeping them, there's great reward. How would you like to live long and prosper? Right? Live long and prosper, right? See? The Bible says you can. You can live long and prosper if you read his word and study his word and apply it to your lives. Start early. I was 14 years old before I started reading the Bible. And man, when I started reading it, it's 14. It's like, oh my, I had no idea this stuff was in here. This is amazing. But I was 14 before I started. I wish I'd started at like nine or eight or seven or six or five, right? I would have had 10 more years of wisdom before I started reading it. Hey, maybe you're 30 today and you've never really jumped into reading the Bible. Hey, today's a good day to start. Maybe you're 60 and you've never really thought about reading the Bible. Today's a good day to start. It's a great day to start. There's great reward in reading God's word. Who can discern his own errors? It says, who can discern his own errors? The Bible helps us discern our own errors. It says, forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins, and may they not rule over me. Then will I be blameless, innocent of great transgression so sometimes we have these hidden faults right that even we don't know about maybe we do maybe we don't the word of God can help us understand what those are all of us have a blind spot in our lives right and we don't know about it until somebody tells us about it And so the Bible is like that. The Bible, as you read it and study it and apply it to your life, it says, hey, you've got a blind spot here, and I want to help you correct it. That's just like our Father in heaven. He wants to help us 
have a better life for ourselves and a better life for others. So he corrects us. He teaches us. And then, then it's almost the prayer. He says, keep your servant also from willful sins, those sins we choose to do. May they not rule over me. And it's usually the willful sins that rule over us, the ones we choose to do over and over and over again that wind up ruining our life or running our life or wreaking havoc with the people around us. It's when Jonah decided willfully to run from God and he got on a ship and everybody on the ship was in danger because Jonah was rebelling against God's will. But when they threw him overboard, you know, the wave stopped, the storm stopped, and Jonah wound up in a fish for three days and three nights. And, and then after that experience, he went and did what God told him to do, and a lot of people gave their life to God, right? The city had a revival. Willful sins, they cause problems for you, and they cause problems for the people you love. And then he prays, may they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgressions. So may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let's say that last verse together out loud. Would you join me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That's a great verse to memorize. It's a great verse to commit to memory. May the words of my mouth and the meditation in my heart be pleasing in your sight. Hey, so this week I want to challenge you to love God and to love him by letting the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart please him. Think on something that's lovely this week. Think on something that's beautiful this week, admirable. I've given that list before. Think on these things that will please God. And then say something out of your mouth to God by yourself, in the car, wherever you find yourself. Just speak to God and tell him how wonderful he is, how awesome he is, how beautiful he is, right? How caring he is, right? Say something about God to God to bring glory to him. Psalm 19, it's there for you. When you're in a crunch this week, pick it up and read it. Meditate on it. As a matter of fact, try reading this psalm every day this week and see what God does in your life.